Saturday, I guess it was Saturday, we all woke up, and if you didn't see it Saturday morning, I'm sure you've seen it by now, and maybe you haven't, but um, all of the all of the, the bombing and mm-hmm. the kidnapping and just everything that's happening in Israel and Gaza on the Gaza Strip there, um, goodness gracious, you wake up and you, you know, you turn on the news and you see, you see what's happening, um, and you, it just there. I don't know about y'all, but there's just just this immediate reaction. It's just no, no, yeah. no. I just found myself immediately starting to pray, and of course, have spent the last few days probably doing a deeper dive into just the history of all of the conflicts that are between Israel and Palestine and. You know, my heart is so with the people of Israel at the same time. You know, you know that all the Palestinian folks, they're not they're not all Hamas, even though that's their their government and the people, the, the terrorists that are that are they're leading this. So it's just a, it's just a mess. I've, I've probably overconsumed the last <laughs> two or three days. But as a woman, yeah. when you see jeeps in the middle of the city, and, and I know y'all have seen the footage. That's the one that's kind of been circulating the most where the there's been a handful of things, but there's a there's a Jeep where the there's a they open up the back, there's a woman that they pull out of the back, mm-hmm. I pull her by her hair, yep. she's bloody, throw her in the back of the Jeep, and it's just it's just like, No, Lord, please, please, please help. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's unrest in this we've been praying for peace in this part of the the world. Forever, and it'd be very mm-hmm. easy for us to say, "Okay, that's a world away," but it's not. No, it's not. We actually and, have friends at church who have a daughter in Jerusalem uh, right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They showed folks that there was a mom and a daughter this yeah. morning who this, were just had just gotten out, got out on Saturday. They talked with her on Sunday morning. Yeah, and asked her, "Does she want to?" get to the airport, mm-hmm. they'll get her a flight. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, mm. she's staying to be a representative of the gospel yeah. to people who right now are in more danger than ever of yeah. dying without Jesus. They yeah. said this morning on the news that more, this is as many Jewish people who have passed away since the Holocaust. Yeah. Now, when you put it in that perspective, the numbers keep changing, but they'll be in the thousands by the oh, t- by, by yeah. the time this is all over on on all sides. And this has been compared, I mean, from Saturday evening on to to nine eleven, yep. just yep. in terms of the shock, the terror. Surprise. This was a coordinated effort. Effort. Yep. And it it, it penetrated the Iron Dome, which nobody saw coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you knew there had to be more than just Hamas involved in this. There yep. were confirmations overnight from Hamas and Hezbollah mm-hmm. 
that Iran was it's, involved. Oh, it's definitely Iran. They said that all weekend long. Yeah. Iran is definitely behind this. They were waiting for some confirmation. They definitely got that. And it's just a sad situation in all respects, from a human perspective, yeah. from a just as, as as Christians, you you're taught to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you're taught to love your enemy. And so there's a number of reactions that we as Christians have. My prayers changed over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I'll share a little bit of that in a few minutes. But mm-hmm. gosh, yeah, this is th- th- I, yeah. so much emotion, sh- so much shock. And that's the thing is I have, I don't know, if was, this probably just sounds so dramatic, but once I really started reading, and I think I even started blowing y'all up Saturday night, mm-hmm. just I think it was Saturday night, I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm just starting the, the footage. is start. It's one thing, it is one thing. To turn on the news on Saturday morning and hear that, you know, Hamas is attacking southern Jerusalem. It is a whole other thing. Southern Israel. Southern Israel. Sorry. Southern Israel. My bad. When they start attacking southern Israel, it's a whole other thing when you start seeing it. When you see the faces and you see see a mom holding her seven-year-old son and they rip him from her... I mean, when you start seeing, I don't know if you saw the, 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 the family, the video of the families where the Hamas is in their home. They've got them on the floor. It's the son. It's the daughter. It's the mom and the dad. And, you know, the son is, is crying. They're trying to calm him down. And you can just see the footsteps of them walking around with their machine guns. And it's just. Yeah, this was not a military action. This was no, pure terror. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. So, yeah. Emotions and feelings and just pleading, pleading, pleading with the Lord. Please, please, please help. Please help these people. We were just uh, sharing our thoughts and feelings about what happened uh, over the weekend and what is going on now in Israel as they declared war on Hamas. And this not only is uh, something that's going to be in the headlines for days to come, but it's something that troubles us as Christians. How do you pray for peace and what do you pray for? And I did find myself changing my prayers a little bit, you know, because I'll use the Lord's Prayer as a kind of a model for prayer. And the second petition in the Lord's Prayer is, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And usually when I pray that, I'm praying for things like, you know, the church and for the for the Joy FM and for my family and for, you know, the Lord's rule in our lives. I'll sometimes pray for our country or pray for missionaries or something like that. And I found myself praying in this particular case more probably like the early church Mm. prayed because the early church had a prayer and it went like this. Let grace come and let this world pass away. Hosanna to the God of David. If any man be holy, let him come. If anyone is not, let him repent. Maranatha. Amen. And that word Maranatha is a strange word. It appears once in the end of uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And it, it, it's, it appears again, come quickly, Lord, at the end of the book of Revelation, second to last scripture in the Bible is, uh, surely I'm coming soon, amen, come Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that prayer of the early church was the prayer they prayed in the face of persecution. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with global crises like this, you recognize that political solutions alone won't fix it, that we need the Prince of Peace to establish his rule. And so as we pray, I found myself praying more that Christ would come, that he would bring 
um, justice and mercy together. And then, of course, you just pray the best you can Mm -hmm. for the people, Mm -hmm. the faces that you've seen, the Mm -hmm. families that are ripped apart, and you pray with just tears Mm -hmm. for those folks there. So maybe that will help somebody just kind of how to pray. That big global prayer is something that the church prayed when it was under persecution. Come, Lord Jesus, only you can solve the crises of our world. Well, we've been talking about um, what's going on in Israel, southern Israel, the Gaza Strip between Israeli um, and just the Hamas terrorists, just going to call them what they are. Um, it's, I don't know about y'all, but I'm just in this weird space that I watched a lot of that over the weekend, prayed. Um, but at the same time, you can't, you can't pause life here right. because that's happening over there, but it's just, it's just weird. It's, I don't know. It's, it's almost like a little bit of survivor's guilt, maybe that we can get up and. Well, you feel helpless. You, you can't, do. you can't do anything. Yeah. And then you feel like what's, what's, what's important. It, it does yeah. make you stop and think of that. Yeah. One thing that's important is family. It's always, always important. Yeah. That's what you think about when yep. you walk through. I mean, I remember walking through nine 11 mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and the only thing I wanted was to gather my family sure. around me. Yeah. So we had, can I give you a lighter side moment sure, yeah. from the Martin table uh-huh. this weekend? So this was yesterday after church and I had responsibilities at church. And so I'm usually pretty tired by the time we're sitting down and Kimberly is making the sweet potato and black bean soup that we have the recipe for Oh yeah, at themorningcruise.com. If you want recipes for soups, we got a few of them there. So she made it. It was good. Don't leave out the lime. That's my suggestion if you do it. Man, it pulled all the flavors together. Together, got it. But she makes the sweet potato and black bean soup. We're sitting there. She's got her iPad. Addie's down for her nap, only she's not sleeping. Mm. And we can see this because we have a monitor, yeah. right? So she's bouncing around in her in her bed instead of sleeping. Mm-hmm. And Kimberly has got the soup on the stove, and she's over there watching football. So the following conversation happens from Kimberly. Okay. Is she laying down? Me. No, she just threw her blanket on the floor. <laughs> a few minutes later, Kimberly, is she barking? Me. I don't know. Why don't you turn down your football game so I can hear? <laughs> so this is role reversal in the Martin Manor in some ways. Kimberly's watching football. Yeah, I'm it. watching the baby on the monitor That's so and funny. trying to read. That's but funny. It was just, it's beautiful yeah. to have your... I mean, she was there, and she's with us for a couple of days while her mm-hmm. parents are on a little short cruise. Oh, nice. So, yeah, we had Addie over the oh, weekend. It's beautiful. Fun. Bill, you were talking about uh, the reversal of roles in your house as the— I take objection to all of this, by the way. <laughs> it's not really a reversal of roles. It's just kind of funny if you were to cast— she just, it's, it's normal in her house. Right, her, right. Well, very but, normal for me to be watching football in my house. And right. Pete as well. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but he would be more likely, I'm sure, to be making noise in the kitchen while she's trying to watch the game. <laughs> He'd be grilling. I mean, yeah. he does He does the main entrees. I do the sides. We had football, of course, going on as well. But uh, this weekend was Sutton's second birthday party. Oh, sweet. And I think I've mentioned before he's just into W's right now. Mm-hmm. That's just the cutest thing. He had ever. a W birthday party. A W birthday. Yeah, party. they wrote W's and balloons uh-huh. and had balloons with W's all over them. They took pictures of things that start with W, including a Walmart truck, <laughs> and just had W stuff everywhere. A W on his cake. 
they there was a W mylar balloon. It uh, just W's everywhere. Okay. <laughs> and he appeared to be in hog heaven. He loved it. He was into the W's. <laughs> and I was looking at all the pictures that they sent because mm-hmm. the text the 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 party was in Texas. You know, it states away. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we saw all the pictures afterwards, and you see the progression of what happens to a two-year-old at a birthday party. Big smiles, huge smiles, lots of laughter, starting to get a little tired, Mm -hmm. just about worn out, Mm. and then like done, dead on their feet (laughs) by the end of the party. One of the pictures, it was just like, he's, it's like, I don't even know where I am right Mm -hmm. now. (laughs) The sugar rush and the sugar crash. Right. All of it. Mm -hmm. Right there, just in pictures over the weekend. That's cute. I found a really hopeful uh, story to share with you, a post this morning that I wanted to share. And, and it doesn't start hopeful, so stay with me for just a minute because it, it re- recounts the uh, the last couple of years and how disorienting they've been, especially to a certain set of people. But things like the global pandemic, mass shootings, woke wars, a contested election, rapid inflation, and widespread abuse scandals have created a famine of identity and purpose and belonging, especially for Gen Z. And Kyle Richter, who was and is, I think, a college minister, after 16 years working in college ministry, at the end of this last school year, he began to get letters and notes from students that read like this, God brought me back to him when I was hopeless. God helped me set aside drugs, alcohol, and computer stuff that I don't want to mention. God took the anger out of me. I found joy again. And he said he got just dozens of these letters from students. He said his student ministry started, which is pretty good, with 300 students. And he said it grew, and by the fall it was 500 students. And the first meeting uh, in this year, 600 students. He said this doesn't happen in student ministry. But he said, it happened this year. And he said, I'm by far not the only one. He was calling and talking to other campus ministers and student pastors. And he talked to him in Atlanta, in Jacksonville, in San Francisco, in D.C., in Dallas. And he said, this is supposed to be the era of de-churching and deconstruction and the rising nuns, Mm -hmm. the, quote, least religious generation in history Mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. And he said, I think revival is breaking out. Mm. He talked about what happened at Asbury, yeah. and he said, in the wake of that, it looks as though the Holy Spirit is priming the souls of hundreds of thousands of teenagers and young adults for renewal, oh, the Father. very generation that's been repeatedly touted mm. as the least religious mm. ever. May it be so. Yes. Truly. Wow. May it be so. He said, um, there are a couple things that if you, you know, if you're, yeah, they, you can do to help. He said, with... A lot of kids right now that are, I say kids, sorry, if you're in college, if you're young adult, mm-hmm. older, it, my, my, my kids age, a lot mm-hmm. of them, this, this crisis of meaning has happened um, more to your generation probably than others, and especially the, the weight of curating an identity and commodifying it in the digital world. He says they bore the weight of a digital deity. We must form and create ourselves online. And he says what he's hearing from students is they're exhausted. Mm. And what they really just want, Mm -hmm. what they anxiously desire is to be known. Mm. 
They just want friends. They don't want likes. They don't want follows. They want real friends. Yeah, real connection. I like that term, digital deity. That that it that kind of puts it. Doesn't it? That kind of just really puts it in perspective. Lays it out there. Yeah. Couple of things that can that can help with that. One, and he didn't mention this in the article, but I keep I keep challenging myself to what does hospitality look like mm-hmm. for me and my family? How do I have students, kids, my kids' age at my dining room table more regularly? And and this this mentorship is something that a lot of Gen Z students and people would say they desire, mm-hmm. but they have no idea how to create it. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is just good, old-fashioned discipleship, just where you're in each other's lives, walking alongside each other as you grow in faith. There's a real institutional um, um, suspicion among Gen Z. They've, they've seen the last couple of elections. They see what's happening with leadership in our country, and they they look at that and they just are kind of hopeless about it. And let's be fair, their parents, Gen Xers, boomers, they've been skeptical of our institutions. But Gen Z, while they won't necessarily go to church or claim a religion, are still maybe the hungriest generation we've ever had for genuine spirituality and outreach and hospitality and discipleship where it's one-on-one, that can be a vehicle in the Lord's hands to bring renewal and revival. So that's what we pray for, for our students. Bill was talking about revival a couple of minutes ago, and that's awesome. We pray for that. Yeah. And I had Dave play rattle specifically because I wanted to reference what Kyle mentioned in that story, which is, can God revive a generation that's known for de-churching and being yeah. nuns? And he said, if he can speak to the valley of dry bones and say, yes. live again, then he can certainly do that. And just FYI, for those of you who are not in the church world or in vocational ministry, when Bill says the nuns, that is a new terminology, right. and it's not the nuns like you would traditionally think about. Right. It's, not the ones with rulers at Catholic schools. <laughs> or, no. or not the ones that wear habits. And, and, yeah, no, because no, no. you've used that twice now, and most right. people don't know that term. What that means is they have no affi- affiliation right. with— N-O-N-E, yeah, not N-U-N. Thank you. Well, I was going to go a completely different direction. I was going to say there was revival to my soul yesterday— when I woke up yesterday morning, had my first cup of coffee, opened the sliding glass door, stepped onto the back oh, yes. patio, and it's like, Whoa! it mm-hmm. was just the humidity had dropped. We actually saw 60s, which was amazing. I know that those in our northern listening area are laughing at us, but you have to understand when it's 97. Heat thousand. index, yeah, of 101 and right. 17,000 degrees of humidity, percent humidity. Right. 66 yeah. feels heaven sent. Mm-hmm. So it, it was incredible. Yes, even the, the southern part of our listening area got pleasant weather over yeah. the weekend. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be pleasant nice. today, too. Now it's going to warm back up at it the will. end of the week. Here's the it thing. Will. We've had... Um, uh, you know, we, we've been changing some of our worship stuff at yeah. church. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So we've got a little bit of a more modern worship set going on uh-huh. on in our second service. And I was a part of that this week. So this weekend we had a rehearsal on Saturday. Yeah. And then yesterday morning. So we've got a, a it feels weird to say we have some worship consultants coming in. Okay. But that's that's yeah. what's happening. And 
the group that's consulting us is mainly out of Jacksonville, but the guy that was coming in to lead worship uh-huh. with our team this past weekend from Atlanta. And I'm overhearing the guy from Atlanta and the guy from Jacksonville talking about, you know, being in our church and being in our area and how pleasant it was. And mm-hmm. how, oh, it's nice. The weather is nice. And I'm thinking, uh, dude, if you'd have been here last week. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was a different yeah. story and then. It's, it's 45 kind of, in Atlanta right uh, now, 68 in Tampa. That yeah. is just I mean, for dreams. them, that little touch of warm yeah, was nice. nice. It was cool, but not so crisp. With you know? us, it's like break out the Uggs. Exactly. <laughs> this is winter, people. Yep. We've talked a few times this morning about everything that happened on Israel over the weekend, mm-hmm. ironically, we were having our missions conference this weekend. Mm. So mm. we had missionaries from around the the world, some new areas that our church is reaching into, Brazil, some other places like that. And so while all this missions emphasis is going on, then yeah. we see what's happening in Israel. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we did pray, as I mentioned before, we've got friends from church whose daughter is in Jerusalem yeah. right now who had just moved in with a family mm. and is a part of a, a messianic congregation in mm-hmm. Jerusalem mm. and could have come home and decided not to because she felt like there needed to be people there shining the light of the gospel in the midst of all of this. Yeah, And you find yourself sort of reflecting in so many different ways. It's so true. Mixed emotions all over, truly. You know, I had mentioned a little bit earlier, too, I got up Saturday morning, and it's just my natural routine to start the call, co- you know, start my coffee, right. walk over, turn on the news, and, you know, I'll watch 10 or 15 minutes of it, just see if anything happened overnight, and, you know, then I'll I'll flip it to, to game day, and it's, and I said this earlier, too, it's one thing when you see the headlines, saw it Saturday morning, it was a surprise attack, Hamas on right. to... Uh, southern Israel, the Gaza, Gaza Strip, all right there. They came in, I think, in over 12 different, I mean, they came by air, air by sea, sea land. land. Yeah. They penetrated into, you know, through the borders of, of southern Israel. And, you know, they were talking about the attack. You could see some of the bombs, you know, going off. And I, I just remember Saturday morning going, no, no, Lord, no, no. Well, by Saturday evening, I was... Watched a couple of games. I was actually on Brandon Lake's Instagram looking at his Insta stories, and he had posted a video on his Insta story from this guy named Nate Buzz. I don't, I don't know his how you say his last name, but he's he's an actor, and he's an Australian actor, mm-hmm. and he's kind of who I've been following. But all that to say, it's one thing when you see the headlines; it's a whole other thing when right. you start seeing faces. Yeah. And videos and kids being stripped from their mother's arms and women I mean, in it, the back of Jeeps. It's, it takes it you awful. It takes you much closer yeah. to what it must have been like there this weekend awful. to go through that. Just awful. To see something so unexpected. I mean, the Iron Dome is supposed to keep this from happening. Yeah. Intelligence is supposed to keep this kind of terror from being rained down. That's why it was compared in some ways to 9-11. They said that and Pearl Harbor were the two yeah. that they kept. Yeah, which are, both, which are both true. You knew the enemy right away in Pearl Harbor. Right. Didn't necessarily but you didn't right expect yeah. to be. And no. this was at the end of the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles. Mm-hmm. This was a time when many in Israel were celebrating and were kind of just done with the celebrations and were going to rest. Right. <laughs> and it was at that moment when this 
coordinated strategic terrorist attack mm -hmm. fell upon them. They were, so, in some ways, lulled to sleep. One of the things yeah. that I keep thinking about is you go back to Bible history and you look at the Old Testament. Israel has always been sort of surrounded and in many ways on its own. And that has not changed even in modern day. Yeah. But when you hear, you read about all the stories of Israel being invaded, attacked, people being taken and mm -hmm. uh, drawn into slavery in the Old Testament, mm -hmm. but you don't put that in the modern context of what you see today where it's still yeah. being invaded and people being taken from their homes. And we, we, we're we very much aware that the modern state of Israel is not the same thing as the biblical Israel, and very much aware that there are tragedies on both sides and loss of life will be into the thousands. But to be clear, this was a terrorist attack, not a a, 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 a state, yeah. you know, no, it's legitimate thing. It's the the atrocities that have been done. Barbaric. Literally Even barbaric. from a humanitarian standpoint mm -hmm. are just... Uh, unconscionable. Yeah. So it, it's just this weird space to be in where yes, it's happening a world away it feels like, you know, we can't sit here and not go on about our day because Israel is being attacked, but yet at the same time, it's just it's hard to go order the pumpkin spice latte when you know women are literally being violated right now and children are are being held hostage. It is it's just, oh right. Lord, help, 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 us. help, mm. help. It's just, it's, it's awful. It takes me back to, even when we pulled out of Afghanistan, you knew what was happening to the women. You knew what was happening to the women. So, you know, it's one of those things you have to find the balance between not living with your head in the sand and just saying, okay, that's over there. But at the same time, and being you, consumed, and being consumed mm -hmm. with it, yeah, it's a hard place. We are, we are Christians. We have prayers, yeah. and our prayers are going up for the victims. Our prayers are going up for Israel right now, and we would invite you to pray as well. I wanted to mention one other thing really quickly. I know we've been talking about Israel a lot this morning, and our hearts are just breaking. And you, do, you do, you feel so helpless, uh, looking at all the the images and the videos that are coming out, and be honest with you, I probably overconsumed it a little bit Saturday night, stayed up in the wee hours watching some some lives, some Instagram lives between Christians and some Messianic Jewish people in in Israel. And it was very eye opening for me. And um, one of the things I don't I don't guess I realized how many um, that you just you think about the Jewish people and that God and their faith is everything to them. And there's a lot of Jewish folks where much like America, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's become kind of me centric or the God that they believe in. They, they want, they believe that God just wants them to be happy and comfortable. And I'll, that was just very fascinating to yeah. me to hear from a, a Messianic Jewish person in Israel. And I also have a dear friend, Alyssa. Um, she, her sister, I guess you would say Vanessa, she and her husband, Michael, they're missionaries over there. Mm -hmm. And they had just been in the States, literally flew home Friday, Saturday. Then this happened. Mm. Um, they work for um, a ministry called FIRM, which is Fellowship of Israel-Related Ministries. And I was just, you know, when you're sitting there on your couch at 1030, 11 o'clock on Saturday night going, what can I do? And I'm seeing the images. I was praying, number one, and texting with Alyssa. And then I also went and made a donation to Firm. And what I love about, I didn't realize this either, that a lot there's a lot of people who support things that are happening in Israel. 
but a lot of it is not gospel-based. And what Michael and Vanessa and their ministry is doing is actually spreading the word about Yeshua, Messiah, yeah. in Israel. Um, so Whether they was, know it or not, yeah. this is the hope of Israel. This yes. is the hope of the Palestinians. Yeah. It's yeah. Jesus, and Jesus. That, there is no other mm-mm. lasting hope for the world and for peace. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that you're uh, supporting them. You should put that link on our page just it. so that we can— they probably have some insights and some things, some blog yes. posts in the, in the days to come. Yeah that that unique perspective mm-hmm. will help us as Christians to know how to pray and what we can do. Yeah, we did. We put a link. It's at themorningcruise.com. Great, great. I was uh, in New Orleans a couple of weekends ago, mm-hmm. and I noticed something at a hotel that you're seeing more and more of lately in hotel lobbies specifically, but in other places as well, mm-hmm. that, you know, there's often when you go to a hotel lobby, there's a, there's coffee there, free mm-hmm. coffee. Infused water, all that. That's it, the infused water. Lemon water, specifically. But there's a lot of places now where when you go in, Mm -hmm. it's not just a big water fountain there. Mm -hmm. It's some kind of infused water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it just looks swank when they do that. It looks swank, but, you know, people have talked for years about what benefits are there. Uh A couple of years ago when I had, uh, I guess it was the second time I had COVID maybe. Hmm. Where I had the thing where the, the cough reflex was just so active that I couldn't hardly yeah. finish a sentence yeah. without Coughing. feeling like it was lemon water hmm. that calmed that cough mm. influx. Really, that that, hmm. that that desire to cough, huh. that whole reflex was calmed by lemon water, and it was a pharmacist friend of mine that suggested it. I've not. Well, nowadays there's actual scientific research promoting the healthy benefits to fruit-infused waters. Okay. Huh. Hydration. It actually aids in hydration. It might be because of the fruit infusion. It might also just be because it makes us drink more water. Right. But it promotes hydration. It promotes healthy digestion. Cognitive health is improved. It boosts immunity through the vitamin C intake. Wait, are you doing like a health? thing here this is very like not on brand for you it's fruit water it's not cauliflower okay, okay. i'm just saying i'm not suggesting sh- it's we not s- cauli rice or cauli <laughs> mashed right. potatoes or- I, there are no there are no yeah. substitutions just going to hear on you listing health benefits is like is this is this it is, Cruise talking? but this i'm it, it's personal experience okay. from the COVID thing, but also... And you're sure you don't have a coffee headline that you're mistakenly <laughs> reading as fruit water? No, this is fruit water. Also, I do have coffee. Uh, I, we could get into that okay. as well, okay. but <laughs> there are benefits there. Anyway, uh, carry on. Here's where it switches. Okay. What doctors are warning against is the myth that lemon water detoxifies your body or burns belly fat. Hmm. That's where we get off. Hmm. Really? Is when it's like... Oh, well, if you do this, yeah, because I saw an ad that says in 12 days you can go from like uh, here to (laughs) super skinny and ripped with uh, six pack abs just by drinking lemon water. Drink lemon water. That's that's where it gets off. So sometimes we dismiss the benefits of a lemon water because it's seen as another lose weight fast, right? Kind of thing. Get thin quick scheme. Yeah. When there are actual benefits that do come along with fruit-infused waters, just not burning all your belly fat. Were there any gotcha. particular fruits that they said were better than others as far as infusing goes? 
No, they're just talking about fruits that give you vitamin C. I guess you could say citrus fruits yeah. Yeah, citrus. specifically. But lemon water is what I've seen most of, mm-hmm. although there have been some other fruit-infused waters as well. But I like, I mean, it's basically lemonade without sugar. So I can deal with that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I won't necessarily do fruit-infused water at home. But if I'm out and about and they have like a... You know, oh, yeah, a, a cooler of pretty canister yeah, yeah, yeah. with the ice and the lemons are laid on top and the lime or oranges or what have you. I will, de- it's it's very refreshing. I will definitely walk over and, and yeah. get some. So now you can say it's not only refreshing, it's healthy, but it's healthy. And Bill, cognitive. Did you hear me say the cognitive part? I haven't had my lemon water yet, so I'm a little <laughs> behind there, a little slow this cognitive morning. Cognitive health. You I, thought, get to I thought if anything was going to brighten your day, it would yeah, be that. It is. It must be cool to be an author, to publish your book, and then to have people send you pictures Mm -hmm. when they unbox your book or when they get it, and then they're excited about reading it, and they send you a pic or they post a pic. And so I don't know if these are just random pics from people who have read his book or if Justin posed these pictures, but that's what he's got on his page. Uh And we uh, were talking about this at the end of last week because Justin's book released. Okay, this is Justin Davis. Yes. The book is Being Real is Greater Than Being Perfect, how mm-hmm. transparency leads to transformation. We had Justin and Trish on the show. They were talking about this, and this was the first weekend that his book was out there. Yeah. So I hope it's doing well. He says mm-hmm. on his Instagram page, I'm praying we can give up trying to be perfect and be authentic with ourselves, God, and others. And I will tell you, when they sat down in front of these microphones, mm-hmm. it got real, it did. real quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, what these guys have walked through and are walking through is enough to make my knees weak. Yeah. And yet they're remarkably surrendered and strong. Mm -hmm. That's the way I want to put it this morning. Yeah. They're surrendered to the Lord in all of the trials they've been I mean, they both found out that their dad wasn't their dad. Their dads aren't their dads. We're talking about yeah, Justin and his wife Trish. Yeah. They have gone through all kinds of things family wise and church wise and and Justin's pretty real about this. And yet their surrender, their surrender to the Lord allows them, God is using them powerfully in the lives of other people as they tell their story, which started in the book Beyond Ordinary that we put out years ago. We didn't put it out, but we talked about it. We had them on years ago. Their marriage was in shattered pieces on the floor, mm-hmm. and God restored them. Yep. So when you see people that are walking like this with the Lord, it's worth mm-hmm. listening to what they have to say. The book is out, and we'd love, actually, we have copies to give away, and I've loved it because you guys have just kind of scarfed them up whenever we've put it out there. We'll, we'll do it two different ways. We'll give away five copies. Uh, if you text us right now, your name and address, five copies to 800-456-8910. Text that and t- say that you'd like a book. And then I also that Haley had posted on the Morning Cruise Instagram last Friday. She posted a copy of the book and it was showing that it was number one in Christian marriage. This particular book isn't, quote-unquote, a, a marriage book. book yeah. it's, it's more you know, individual work. <laughs> um, but if you want to go comment on that post at in, on Instagram, uh, then we'll pick some random winners there as well. So a couple of different ways you can win a copy of Justin's book, and then we'll put a link at themorningcruise.com if you want to purchase it. you learn something new every day. And a couple of days ago, I was talking with a, <clears throat> a mom who has daughters in the 9, 10, 11 
range. So younger than my daughters, but not, not the babies. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's a thing, and I love this. And part of the reason why I want to talk about it is that if other parents haven't heard of it, I think it's a great thing to incorporate. And I would have done it with Haley and Abby if they were still, you know, younger and in my home. But it's called a text code. Have y'all heard about this? No. <clears throat> I think this is brilliant. So I was talking to this mom and she goes, oh, yeah. She goes, I totally have a text code with my daughters. I'm like, okay, tell me more. What is a text code? And she goes, if they find themselves in a situation that they don't want to be in, for example, you know, they're over at a friend's house. Parents go out of town. Friend invites guys over, wants to, you know, have a party. I'm Obviously, I'm doing the extreme, but just somewhere that they don't want to be. Right. Mm-hmm. They have a text code emoji that they can quietly, privately text to their mom. And it was so cute the way she said it. She goes, and then I just know to call them and quote unquote, go mom crazy on them. Right, right, <laughs> So right. basically, right. mom calls and says, you know, I need you to come home now. You didn't clean your room. I don't know. I'm making <laughs> right. stuff up. Right. But how brilliant is that? And I, it's just, I think it's so uh, smart on so many levels. And I think it's super healthy on so many levels. Number one, because I used to always tell Haley and Abby all the time, <clears throat> I'll be the ba- bad guy. Make me the bad guy. Sure. But now that you have phones and you can text your, you know, text your mom or your dad. And then also talk about the level of trust, you know, that, that the, the child now has with the parent to say, hey, mom, I don't want to be here. Right. Come and get me. Don't want to be in this situation. Security, just to know I got a I got a parachute plan if I need it. You know, and then the parent takes all the yeah the heat. They take the heat. The child doesn't get any blowback from from the friends and that kind of thing. So I don't know. Y'all text us. Is this is this a thing? If not, I think it should be a thing where you sit with your preteens, teenagers for sure, and just have a text code emoji that if that emoji is sent. You know to call or you know to drive over or you know to show up or do something. I do think that's wise. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. I think it's. But y'all let me know if, if this is a th- if this is a thing. If not, we need to make it one. But you, you can, can text us. I'll give them the number. 800-456-8910. I think Hitch has done giving away all the books in there. So oh, yeah. we're clear. We're clear. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you can text, text us open. and tell us about if you think that's a good thing. 800-456-8910. You guys are giving us a lot of response on this question that Carmen mm-hmm. had, this text. Text code you code, have with your right. kids. They text it to you, and you call or you go over to where they are. Or you, but basically, it's mom and dad know what's going on, Yeah, know that the child doesn't want to be there. Right. And when they get this code, they kind of. They... So it's apparently, uh, it's a it has been a thing for a while. Okay. But uh, somebody said, a few people are sending me emojis. I can't see them uh-huh. on our text line, but the, but this listener said we have a text word okay good grape jelly grape <laughs> if, jelly if that's texted <gasps> oh my goodness we know yeah uh, and then uh here's a girl who said as you know when i'm on a date yes if i i send a sunflower if the date's going well and she yes. does this with friends uh-huh. and then she says i have other emojis i yeah, send if it's not, if it's not going <laughs> yeah, too yeah, good yeah. and they know yeah it's like a bailout right. yeah. and then somebody said i think it's a great idea we're currently in the process of getting our pre-tina phone i will 100 percent use this Text code method. Oh, good. But any age, really, we've yes. had we've heard yeah. from people in their thirties and sure. that still have text codes yep. with parents or friends. Yeah, that do this. Um, and back in the day, I think we did this with our kids, even with cell phones. Initially, we knew, and somebody was saying this, that if we asked, uh, like a, a kid, 
was asking to spend the night at a friend's house. Yeah. If our kids asked it in a certain way, we knew that they wanted us to say no. Gotcha. Right? Yes. Because they didn't want to do it. Yeah. But they didn't want to look bad or be sure. awkward. Yeah. And so they would ask in a certain way, and Kimberly or I would say, no, you can't do that. Sorry. you got to be home tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I never had that problem with my kids. The problem I had with my kids was they always wanted to ask us <laughs> in, front in front of, of their ki- friends oh, yeah, we if had their that friends too. could stay over. And yep. it's yeah. like, right. How many times have we told you, don't yes. put us in that position? Yes. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> We're about a month early. I'm just looking at a map here from the Farmer's Almanac that has the changing leaves. And we're going to be doing a little quick trip to Charleston this weekend. And I was trying to see if leaves would be changed there. And they're not typically changed by this weekend. Uh, A lot of folks are. They start changing out west first. By October 4th, the leaves in the west and midwest are pretty much changed. Some past their prime. Much of New England and the Pacific Northwest near peak by this weekend. So if you happen to have a trip planned into the Pacific Northwest or New England states, it's possible that you could see some really nice changing leaves. I've been watching an EarthCam um, on EarthCam.com, and I've been just I just randomly picked Lake Saranac, New York, just a beautiful little town around this lake, and I asked Johanna because I was looking at it just before Sherathon. I said, do you know this place? And she's from upstate New York. She said, yeah, of course I know Lake Saranac um, or Saranac. And I've been watching the leaves there. And Dave, you've seen this on the other side as well. Mm-hmm. You Look at how many of those have begun to change. They're, they're various shades of red and brown, a little bit of yellow and gold in there. And when I was looking at this just before Sherathon, there was only like one or two spots you could see that had any changing leaves. So still largely green in that area, but they're beginning to change. And for a guy who just doesn't experience the the changing leaves year after year after year, this is like a bucket list thing. We don't have it planned for this year, but at some point, at some point when we can squeeze out the time here, because this is a busy time for the Joy Femme, mm-hmm. it's a busy time at church, mm-hmm. it's a busy time for the family, but at some point... Before it's impossible to go anymore, I want to try to get Kimberly and I to someplace in New England early enough in the season that it's not snowing, but the leaves, the leaves yeah. are changing. Pete has said this for years. <clears throat> he has said, you know, let's let's go to New England, see the leaves, right. which we'd always like to tack on a football game somewhere in the fall Oh yeah, up in the Northeast, too. Sure. That would be fun, too. But, yeah, it just, you know, it's kind of... It is a busy time for us. Fall is one of our busier times. Summer is when it's a little bit slower for us. We kind of follow the school calendar. Um, so, so yeah, you want to go. But then at the same time, when you have, when the weather does start to cool down a little bit, I like to go in the summertime to escape the heat. Yes, you know, that's So it's good almost too. one of those things where I feel like I'm, when it starts to be really pretty where we are, it's like right. I don't want to leave because I want to soak it up. But. But yeah, to go up to the Northeast and see the, the oh, yeah. leaves. And I yeah. grew up with leaves changing. We did too. And you just, I just always took it for granted that it would just always be there. When you you're in a tropical climb, you don't always get the, yeah. here's here's what Emily did. She found a breed of tree. A breed? That's not. <laughs> she found a type of tree yeah. that it, their leaves change. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the cooler weather, are. it's just huh. what the leaves do. Okay. And so we have a tree in our backyard where we will see 
the leaves change color, even yeah. though we don't necessarily live in a place where you get all the fall yeah. foliage. I mean, that's smart. That's, that's cool. pretty That's pretty resourceful. Good job, yeah. Emily. We've done the quick trip to North Georgia in the dead of winter. Sure. Caught snow there a yeah. couple of times, which is a lot of fun, mm -hmm. but just not ever seen the changing leaves. Maybe one day. Wait, yeah. you've never seen changing leaves at well, all? I mean, we grew up here where they don't really change. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. we got to get you there. I mean, palm trees... You know that yeah. right. the when they change die. <laughs> yeah. When they change color, the tree is dead. That's the problem. Bill was talking about watching the leaves change, something you did not necessarily grow up with. Not at all. Carmen and I both grew up in areas where you got a touch of fall and you did get to see the, the leaves change. I was watching a little bit of football this weekend, and there were a couple of times when, you know, they, they always, as they rejoin the game from commercial break, Sometimes they pan the stadium. Sometimes it's something. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of times when it was driving down the road with the leaves changing colors on each side. Nice. And you could see that. And here's what it does to me. It brings me to a place, you know, you've got sense memory, right? Mm -hmm. So when I see that, then I'm just automatically pulled back to a time when it's a little bit cooler. Mm -hmm. And there's a, the smell of wood smoke. Mm. and burning leaves mm -hmm. because that was part of what we did. I mean, nowadays your HOA won't let you burn trash or burn leaves in the backyard, but we did it mm -hmm. living out in the country. We had a big burn pile over one corner of the yard, and when you raked the leaves or you had too much in the way of grass clippings because it got too high mm -hmm. or anything else like that, it all went to the burn pile. When when you had to gather up limbs that had been mm -hmm. blown out by a storm, mm -hmm. everything went to the burn pile. Mm -hmm. So. It was about this time of year when we would usually light the burn pile. And you could smell it all around. Oh, and man. And it was just such a distinct, which I know that probably would not be environmentally. That's why the way. HOA won't yeah. let us do it now. <laughs> but you could smell it, and it was just like it would be that cool, crisp, you know, that crisp, yeah. crispness in the air. And you'd and it'd be like, oh, yes, fall is here. And, and to add to it, I don't mm -hmm. know if this was your hometown or not, in the distance. You could hear the marching band well, practicing. I was So that smell, well, you were yeah, in the band. I was in the marching band. But to hear them practicing <laughs> yeah. in the distance and then that smell, that was just, yeah. that was and we lived. That's we lived, Friday night. Yeah, we yep. lived way too far out in the country to hear the band. Yeah. But here's what it was for us. You like the burn pile, marshmallows, yep. hot dogs, mm. and we had bottle rockets. And oh. we'd go out at night okay. and we'd light the burn pile and yeah. we'd have a, a wiener roast. And then we'd shoot bottle rockets into the pasture in the backyard. <laughs> and that was that oh, was it. So that's what I think of. Poor cows. <laughs> well, the cows weren't bothered by it, and they weren't in that part of the pasture at that point. <laughs> okay, okay. And we shot them up mm -hmm. so yes. that we could see them, you know, not That's at just fun the fall stuff mm -hmm. right there. It's mm -hmm. just it's the kind of thing that you, it would bring back a sense of memory just to see that yes. on television. And like if I did. tried to relive it in my backyard right now, it would bring the HOA and the local police. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big word of the day. Deciduous is the big word of the day today. D-E-C-I-D-U-O-U-S. It's an adjective. The uh, Latin root, no pun intended, means to fall off. And a deciduous uh, tree is a tree where the leaves change at the end of the annual growing season. There are also deciduous antlers, wings, teeth from certain kinds of critters. It literally means to shed or fall off 
at a certain season. So here we go. Palm trees are evergreen, meaning they aren't deciduous. You'll have to drive north to see the changing leaves. That's the big word of the day today, deciduous. This is the morning cruise.